Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season three episode of the show titled Rain. But before we get to talking about this week's Supergirl episode, we need to get to the news. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers Television has cut all its ties with Andrew Kreisberg following sexual harassment claims from multiple women involving the showrunner. The studio launched an internal investigation into the accusations, which has resulted into Kreisberg having been terminated from Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, as well as CW Seeds' Vixen, and he has lost his overall deal with the studio. Greg Berlanti has assumed additional responsibilities on both The Flash, where he will work closely with executive producer slash co-showrunner Todd Helbing, and Supergirl, where he will work closely with executive producers slash co-showrunners Robert Rovner and Jessica Queller. So uh, we just wanted to make everyone aware of that because we had talked about how uh, those allegations had come up, and uh, this is what has resulted in it. So uh, if you uh, wanted to keep up with that news, that's what has gone down. So uh, we will continue to follow this if there are any more developments, but it looks like uh, Andrew Kreisberg has left Supergirl. All right, well, there's some of that awkward slash bad news uh, that we needed to cover, but uh, that's all the news that we have uh, for this episode. So um, let's get into some happier, more fun things to talk about, Morgan. Let's get into the discussion of the season three episode titled Rain. So here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl investigates a mysterious symbol popping up all over National City, tracing its origins back to an ancient prophecy in the mark of the world killer Rain. Meanwhile, the tension between Lena and Morgan Edge continues to build, causing James to step in and offer up some protection and possibly igniting a spark in the process, unquote. So, since this was the, uh, the title of this week's episode was Rain, Morgan, what did you think about our first glimpse into seeing Rain in all of her glory? She was causing trouble. She had a costume and a mask. 
What did you think? Yeah, she had that costume. She had that mask. Her costume looked a little bit like um, some Matrix cosplay. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't love it. Uh, but I will say, like, with the mask on, I feel like, you know, you always look at Supergirl and you're like, how do you not know that that's Kara? But she she did look. I was like, you know what? If you didn't tell me, I, I wouldn't really know that that was the uh, that was the same actress as. Sam, yes, whose name soon I might not have to remember. <laughs> but yeah, she looked uh, she looked so different, and that mask was like covered her face a lot, like the like the distinguishing like characteristics of her face. So you didn't kind of feel like, well, hey, how does she not know that that's her like her buddy who she was like literally just talking to three scenes ago? <laughs> so I thought I thought that part was good. The rest of the costume I wasn't overly impressed with yeah no i can understand i i i thought the mask did help i think i think it was something that hid her identity a little bit and her hair being up in sort of a like a ponytail sort of thing i don't very a very evil ponytail very evil ponytail i think (laughs) that helped a little bit because we always see samantha with her hair down so that could help things a little bit in, in terms of disguising her. Um, and she also had a, a voice modulator somehow. Oh, yeah. That was weird. I wasn't sure. Was that like a voice modulator or is that like evil reigns, like evil like oh. voice? Like, could you? I, I mean, I kind of hope that it's like not because I don't know if I could take like a whole season of having that like creepy echo every time she speaks like (laughs) it might get to be a little bit much like if she's monologuing you're just gonna be like no stop it it's too much well that brings me to a question that I had through most of the episode and I was wondering what your thoughts on this are because I was confused over whether or not Samantha was controlled by rain or was she able to control rain are they two separate entities have they become one is samantha blacking out and rain takes over what do you think is happening there i got the impression that it was a thing where like samantha was blacking out and rain was taking over but i i was getting the impression that like as she blacked out more and more rain was taking over more and more. Cause it seemed like at the end of the episode, like, I don't know, spoiler alert, maybe, I don't know. You should watch the episode. <laughs> yeah. Listening to this, just, uh, you know, <laughs> important <laughs> service announcement. <laughs> but at the end, but at the end, it seemed like she was gone. Like when Ruby comes downstairs for Christmas and she is still in her, you know, her goth, uh, her goth outfit. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's it. Like that's like rain has kind of taken over because i don't think that sam would ever let ruby see her like that so i think that if there was like sam might still be in there somewhere but i think rain is as in the driver's seat now well i i don't think she would let ruby see her like that but i don't think well see it makes me think of the beginning of the episode so it's kind of interesting the way that they uh bookended this episode with samantha and ruby which i think is some pretty good writing um so at the beginning of the episode sam wakes up from a terrible nightmare which i didn't really understand what that first shot of the episode was Uh, i didn't know if that was something samantha was dreaming was it something that had already happened is it going to happen in the future i don't know is it is it even important I don't know because there were things that I didn't I didn't understand what was happening. There was this one shot before she wakes up and it's like there's these it almost looks like two instances of heat vision. I don't know, like two red lines and then there's like this ship that flies over it. Like I didn't know what was happening there. I was very confused. 
Um, but she she wakes up and Ruby's like, hey, you know, do you have have a good time in your your trip? And Samantha's like, I didn't take a trip. What are you talking about? Uh, so I, I think Sam probably wouldn't know if if things were happening that she didn't want hap- to happen. Like, I don't know. I'm very, very confused about that. So you do think that Rain has taken over by the end of the episode? From the impression that I was getting, and I could be completely off, but it seemed to me like Rain was getting more, after, after she went on that, like, trip and found out, kind of, Rain kind of got unlocked. Mm. I think it was just Rain was starting to like slowly just take over more and more and more until until the end of the episode, which is when I assume that like Rain is kind of like if if Samantha's still in there, she's like in there. Like Rain <laughs> Rain is like, nope, it's my time to shine. <laughs> the way they presented it, it definitely came across like that, I don't know if they'll pull one over on us when the show comes back and be like, "Hey, just kidding! Really, this is <laughs> this is Samantha, and they're going to celebrate Christmas." <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe they'll, they'll turn around and Samantha has like the mask off, and she's just like taking down the high ponytail, and she's like, "I'm not evil now." <laughs> And I got you a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that could happen, um, but I think the more interesting thing to do with that if I was a storyteller I would want to see how Ruby uh reacted to seeing Rain that I think that's the more yeah. interesting thing to do uh, and especially since they book ended uh the episode with that that moment contrasting to the the moment at the beginning of the episode when Sam and Ruby are together and and they're like hey we're gonna go I guess bake some pancakes and it's like a really fun nice little moment between mother and daughter and so I think that that's that would be a, a good contrast to see what would happen if that bond was broken and so I think that's a strong p- possibility that maybe Rain has taken over. And especially since throughout the episode, it seemed to get worse. Like you were saying, like she was taking out some thugs. She tried to manhandle Morgan Edge. And then she inevitably, spoiler alert, beats up Supergirl. So, and and puts Supergirl in some <clears throat> pretty life-threatening situations there. So we'll have to see what happens to Kara. But um, it's, uh, I guess that, that leads me into... Asking you, Morgan, what did you think about uh, the showdown between Supergirl and Rain? Yeah, I thought the fight scene was incredible. I thought that they did such a good job with with that fight scene, especially like sometimes watching these like super powered people like slug it out can get a little bit like, okay, now he threw him into a building. Now she threw her into another building. This is really exciting. <laughs> like it can get a little tiring. You're just like, oh, I've seen it. They're flying. They're like they're falling into buildings. So I like that the way that they like they mixed it up with having like different settings. Like when they were in the the office with the Christmas party and all the like the Christmas music. I thought that that added like like a touch of humor to it. But like the way that they were fighting was like really brutal. And the fact that Rain is a match for Supergirl. Uh, I think makes it really interesting because it almost kind of brings the fighting down to a more human level. Whereas usually, you know, Supergirl's like flying around or she's using her like heat vision or, and this was just like a, like a brawl. Like this was just them fighting like, like hand to hand combat because rain is on the same level, if not more powerful than Supergirl. So the seeing Supergirl get actually hurt 
and like actually bleeding. I think it was like I was watching it like, oh my god, she's got a cut on her head. Like this is really bad. Yeah, it it really raised the stakes for her to uh, to be hurt. And I had some questions about that because I was like, well, I think the show has only really said that kryptonite can lead to her bleeding, but maybe maybe she if she's going up against another Kryptonian. That can cause it. Um, obviously, I would guess magic could also lead to her bleeding. Um, so I was really shocked by the fact that she was bleeding. Um, but that made she even was bruised. I think there, yeah. the, the, there at the very end, I was like, "Dang, she's got like black eyes and all sorts of stuff going on on her face." And, and when she was like lying on that pile of rubble, it looked like rain had burned the the S shield off of her Supergirl uniform. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Which I was like, it, I it, maybe it was just because it was dark where I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and but, look at that. It looks like it was, it looked like her, because I think that she did hit her with like some heat vision at one point. So I don't know. It was, it was a, I mean, it was, it was a brutal fight scene. I really liked it. I thought that they did a great job with all the fight choreography. Yeah. Some of the, some of, to me, I, I thought that some of the punches didn't quite land. Some of the stunt punches, I was like, well, they could have been a little more convincing with that. But, <laughs> they were really slugging each other. Like, I did think that that was really interesting, that of all the things that they could do, they have all these special powers, heat vision, um, flying, all of that kind of stuff, you know, super breath. And what they mostly chose to do during that fight was punch the crap out of each other. I thought that that was really interesting because that I think that makes it more personal um, mm. because some of those things, like super, you know... I, I'm talking like these are real things. But, you know, super <laughs> super breath and heat vision, you can be a, a good distance away from somebody and still affect them. But a punch is something you have to do up close and personal. And you have to actually connect to the person in order to physically harm them. So they are getting really intimate and in their faces with these these punches. And I thought that that was very uh, impactful just, uh, just on a, a note of being personal and and being really um really trying to get in each other's faces literally uh so i i thought that their their fight was a good one because it did try to go that extra mile and make it as like you were saying as brutal as possible and i i think that having read the new 52 that rain is in the the volume that she is in there's a big fight in the city that they, they have this, Supergirl and Rain have this big fight. And so I think that the show tried to live up to that. And I think for the most part, for me, I think it succeeded. They they were in different locations. They came back to the city and, you know, scuffed up the street like they do in the comic. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I thought it was, it was good. They did have a little humor in there, which I thought was appropriate. I didn't think it was too unnecessary like they were at a christmas they were going through a christmas party so it would make sense that christmas music would be playing there so i didn't mind that too much because normally i would be like oh don't put humor in here and like this is a serious thing but i think for the scene that it was in it made sense and uh it, it definitely raised the stakes by the end and and i was really happy to see that it mattered like it was a big deal that Supergirl falls down and falls into the streets and everybody is so concerned. I really, really liked that. And the one moment I thought was like, 
awesome for Supergirl, even though she didn't win this fight, was there was a moment where uh, I guess Rain has some sort of like, I don't know if it's part of the street or part of a car. I don't know what she was hitting her with. It was some big, big thing that she was holding. And she tries to sling it at Supergirl and Supergirl stops it with her arm. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, so I was like, okay, you didn't win that fight, but you won that moment. That was pretty great. That was pretty great. And I love that moment before the fight, too, where um, where Alex grabs, uh, grabs Supergirl and she's like, I've been telling you, like, you know, this whole time that you should embrace your human side and, and you know, come back to, like, humanity but not now, like be all Kryptonian because I'm so worried about it. And I think that really like, because it was prior to the fight, it really ratcheted up the tension. Like you were really like, oh, this is serious. Like Alex is basically telling her like, put your humanity aside for just for now, because this is going to be bad. And like, I think it kind of got you prepared for how bad and like how brutal that fight was going to be. Yeah, I, I think Alex realized that if this is a Kryptonian this is somebody who can go toe-to-toe with Kara. And I, I think that that made her realize, hey, something bad could happen to Kara. And I, I do like that they brought up the humanity aspect of it. And she she even said something to be like, you need to be cold. You need to be, you know, be alien to to fight her. Uh, so uh, I thought that that was, was interesting because normally Supergirl tries to talk someone down before beating them up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think Supergirl tried to ask her questions and figure out was go- what was going on, but Rain, Rain wasn't having any of it. Uh, so that is a little bit different. Supergirl didn't even get a, a really good chance to try to talk her out of it because Rain was already, she already had her mind made up that she was just going to cause trouble and uh, that she had a purpose. So, um, yeah, all of that was really, really good. Um, I was curious, Morgan, uh, because we saw uh, your friend Chad Lowe again in this episode. Chad uh, Lowe! Uh, <laughs> our, our, our favorite uh, cult leader, Supergirl cult leader. Uh, so what, what did you think about seeing him again and, and what he had to say to Kara? Yeah, I think when he showed up on the screen, I was like, Chad Lowe! <laughs> like, like, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't looking at, like, the uh, the cast at the bottom, so I, I wasn't expecting him. <laughs> and so when he popped up, I was like, what? Um, I like I liked that they brought him back because um, I had kind of forgotten, like, I mean, I hadn't forgotten that he was in the the season but i kind of had forgotten that uh that episode like i kind of forgot that he was knocking around being crazy and then <laughs> <laughs> so when she gets a call from the the prison i felt like it could have been anyone she's put a lot of <laughs> <in>. <laughs> That's true. and then she goes down there and of course it's our favorite cult leader who has uh not gotten less creepy in prison shockingly enough <laughs> i know um but i i like the way that they used him in this one actually i thought it was really clever and like that they the way that they explained it was a little bit like oh okay really but uh you know what i'll go with it i'll i was fine i was fine with the that he somehow knew more about kryptonians than kara a Kryptonian like I, I just I mean if it, we need uh, obviously we need uh, a chance for Chad Lowe to mansplain Kryptonian <laughs> like to to Supergirl uh, but yeah because I was like really how do you know dude and then he was like hold on 
Let me explain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did like his explanation because it's something that I've thought about quite a uh, quite a bit because he talked about the fort the quote forgotten from Fort Ross, and I was like, yes. Why has nobody talked about those other aliens that probably escaped from Fort Ross and no one knows where they are now? They have been quite forgotten by this show. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was very, very meta, actually, that they talked about the forgotten. Kara was just like, you know what? They're going to work themselves out. (laughs) I have faith in them. They're just going to get jobs and live their lives. It's going to be fine. They've been rehabilitated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they 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 learned to trade in Fort Ross, probably. <laughs> I mean, Fort Ross was supposed to be like the worst of the worst. I know. Uh, and uh, it it crashes, and uh, they, some of them escape, and nobody knows. They they didn't. They they were almost treated like Jeremiah. Like we know they're <laughs> out there somewhere, but we're not really going to bother to go find them. Maybe maybe they're all with Jeremiah. Maybe. Wouldn't that be the twist? Maybe 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 they have. Either they have taken Jeremiah in because they feel bad for him, or maybe (laughs) Jeremiah has just gathered a bunch of them together, and he's like, we're just going to create a community of forgotten characters. (laughs) Forgotten characters. He's like, you all care about me, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, I I don't know. I bought it just because I was like, thank you. Thank you for mentioning the the other aliens from Fort Ross. The forgotten of Fort Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm willing to go with it just for that. But yeah, it was interesting. He, he, I mean, they, they did justify it because they talked about how he had met a disgraced Kryptonian priestess who told him all about the god before Raoul um, and all of this stuff, these these prophecies. And I thought I was, I was eating it up because I was like, oh, there's a lot of Kryptonian history that were being thrown Uh, into our faces and I have so many things I need to write down about it and then he pulls out a book all in Kryptonese and quickly (laughs) quickly moves the pages so that you have all the translating to do that's gonna be be his next appearance (laughs) Uh, I'm sure that when he writes things down he writes it all in Kryptonian in in Kryptonese Uh, he's he's just left English long ago and he has just now uh, adopted that as his new written language but yeah, he had all those prophecies and, and knew all about rain and, and when she was going to come and what the signs were. And um, I thought that that was really cool. And some of the, the language and the way that the script was written, I thought was really nice because for me, it you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I kind of see these things when they pop up and uh, they, they borrowed a lot out of uh, uh, Christian scripture. They talked about the end of days. They talked about the devil. Uh, they talked about the mark of the beast um, and all this kind of stuff. And while I was watching it, I was like, if you're going to throw all of this stuff out, if Supergirl does not do a Christ pose by the end of this episode, what are we <laughs> even doing here? Why are we here? Why <laughs> are we here? And then when she did, when she fell off the building and landed in the con- the concrete, I was like, thank you. And, and we've come around full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was glad that they, they if they were going to take it there, they took it to its full conclusion. I was very happy about that. They're like, we're not just going to pick and choose. We're not just going all Mark of the Beast. <laughs> they, 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 they went the, the full, the full stretch of where that was going to go. Um, I, I liked that they, they did talk about the devil quite a bit. And what I thought was really interesting, um, just because it was something that um, I was sort of thinking about, was Thomas Coville says to Carr, he says, this is your purpose, to fight the devil. And Carr says, there's no such thing as the devil. 
And then Kara, later when she interacts with Rain, she says, so you're supposed to be the devil? And Rain says the devil isn't real. And so I just thought that that was really interesting, that Kara and Rain seem to dismiss the idea of the devil. And uh, it made me think of the usual suspects and the, the famous quote about the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Or, or he did not exist. I don't know if it's a contraction there. Um, but uh, but I, I just thought that that was really interesting, that they, they both rejected that. Um, and, and Rain even says, you know, to Kara as Supergirl, she says, you are no God, just as I'm no devil. And so I just, I thought all of that was really, really cool and really, um, a a great way to make their encounter much grander and much more epic that it was the almost, you know, the battle of God versus the devil, good versus evil. And I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who eats that up. I love that kind of stuff. So, um, I really, uh, I thought it was that that was all right up my alley, even down to the point that Rain says to Supergirl, um, she tells her to stand down or she'll make her join um, the other people that she had messed with in purgatory. So I I was uh, I was I was eating all of that up. Yeah, I, I really like that line that you mentioned, too, where she was like, uh, I'm no devil and you're no God, just because. We know that Rain, or at least Samantha, is a good person. So we know that somewhere inside, actually, she's not all bad. And we've seen Kara mess up and be very human. So we know that she's not a god. So I really liked that that line, particularly that like there's more shades of gray to both of them um, than maybe somebody on the outside just watching them just duke it out would think. That's a great point because inside them is a little bit of humanity. Even though they're both Kryptonian, they do have a little bit of a human side to them. Um, and that human side can be flawed and can make mistakes and can make bad choices. And that that makes me uh, ask uh, think of a question to ask you because we know that when Sam and Ruby have that nice little scene where they talk about that Christmas that they were moving to Central City and they had to celebrate Christmas at the truck stop and all that kind of stuff. And then Samantha gives Ruby a Christmas present and it's the Supergirl S-Shield necklace. And she talks about how they're stronger together. What do you think, I mean, just for speculation's sake, what do you think is going to happen with Samantha and Ruby? Like, do you think that their their bond is strong enough to pull pull? I guess Samantha out of rain. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I really, I, and I think that's one of the interesting things about this storyline this season is that th- there's like four or five ways I could see it going. <laughs> and maybe it's not any of those ways. Like I can see like one of them dying, the other one of them dying. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> nobody dies. Everybody gets puppies. I mean, I'm really on this puppy kick, you guys. You should get puppies. Um, but no, I think that there's so many different ways that they can play the they can play this whole storyline out, and any way that they do it is going to be like very different. Because you know, you, we've also seen. I think there there had been a couple of people maybe who had speculated that like maybe Alex ends up having to take care of Ruby uh, because children and kids have been like a big part of her storyline this season. And I could see that, or I could see maybe something happens to Ruby. And then like the only, basically the only human part of Sam or of, of rain, I think would be kind of gone uh, if anything bad happened to Ruby. So I don't know. I'm really interested to see where they go with it. And 
I think that's, I think that's, that was a great cliffhanger to end on because so much of what happens in the rest of the season, I think is going to turn on what happens in that relationship. I think that's a, that's, that's very uh, possible because there we've followed their relationship since the very beginning of the season. We've gone through a lot of things with them. I feel like I know them pretty well now. Like I, I was really into that scene when they talked about that Christmas that they really enjoyed together. And I, I just, I hate it for them. I hate it for them because Ruby doesn't know what's happening. It, I don't know if Samantha can control this. Uh, I, it's just one of those things where I'm like, this is, this is terrible. This is terrible for everyone, L- literally everyone. Uh, and it's, 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 it would break my heart if Ruby lost her mom, you know, in some capacity, whether it be as rain or if she died. Um, but I do think it is a possibility that something does happen to Samantha and Ruby uh, might get adopted by Alex. Cause there was a scene, there was a little moment in this episode where it sort of suggested that I thought when uh, they have the holiday party over at Kara's and uh, Ruby is at the door and Alex goes to open it and she sees Ruby there and she's by herself. And, yeah. and Samantha kind of comes in late because she's got all the cookies or desserts or whatever she brought. I can't remember. Um, but that that moment when she opened that, when Alex opened the door to find Ruby there, I was like, are you trying to foreshadow something? I feel like they might be. I th- yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but I did like that, though, because they did have a little moment, Alex and Ruby together, um, when Ruby was all excited about asking questions about Supergirl so I did think that that was nice so a shout out to our listener I had to go back and look it up uh, because uh, at as great as Nate is the listener uh, from our episode on the faithful from earlier this season who suggested that that might happen that Alex might adopt Ruby so shout Ooh, out yeah shout out to uh, as, as great as Nate because uh, I, I think that might it might come true I think you might be on something I think it might happen uh, so yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with Samantha, Rain, uh, Ruby, Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl is in some trouble, some, some in some physical, resuscitative kind of trouble. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens with her. Um, I, I would imagine she comes out of it, but I don't know how. That's that's kind of the question for me. Okay, so we've talked about some of the the uh, the heavy hitting things um, in this episode. Um, but then there was also a lot of emotional th- things that were going on with some of the other characters. Um, and Kara, Kara had all that physical stuff that she was dealing with with Rain. But then Kara was also dealing with <laughs> uh, <laughs> having to be okay with being around Monel and Emra. What did you what did you think about all of that? How did she handle it? I thought she did okay, considering. Um, I felt really bad for her actually this episode. I was just like, oh, Kara, you can do better though. You can do so much better. You're you're looking at this from the wrong perspective. This is a blessing in disguise. He couldn't even make drinks. He just kept giving you <laughs> seltzer water. <laughs> I think she's romanticized that relationship. Uh, no, I thought I thought she I thought she was handling it, I think, kind of as well as can be expected, because to her, it was only a couple months that he's been gone. And then he comes back. He he's been gone for many years. 
and he's married and like happily married it's clearly been a long time for him like Kara is just like a memory kind of to him now and so I think I it's it was rough for her and then she meets his new wife who seems lovely and really nice which is probably infuriating because you just want to hate her but then she's like oh like you've been an inspiration to me and you you uh, you just feel for Kara because she's like oh great so you're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to not like somebody when they are really nice and they have said nice things to you. And uh, they they seem like if, if maybe this wasn't such a bad situation, that maybe you could be friends. Maybe you could be into talking to them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I was trying to think of what that would be like for Kara to, to have someone that she loved be gone and then and then they come back and there's someone completely different uh they look different they have a different life and how how would you deal with that how would you deal with the the fact that they would look at you differently now i just i can't imagine that and it just would be so difficult um and cara i think she she held it uh, together as well as she could she was even trying to be gracious like hey i'm having a party in my house later if you want to come by uh, you know, she. I, it almost seemed like she was doing it against her will a little bit. Like she knew, <laughs> she knew that she. I feel like I felt the same relief that she did when he was like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, thank God, this poor like has she not suffered enough, dude? Just work on your ship." <laughs> yeah, I think she tried to do it out of a way of of being um, being cordial with him. But I, I do think it was probably for the best that they didn't show up because she she did get to have. A nice night with her friends and her sister, and um, until she was taken away to go look at a crop circle, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, she seemed to be trying to deal with it as best she could, but she definitely, it did bother her. And she, I was glad that she told Monel that, that she said, look, I'm trying to be okay with this, but it's really hard because you look at me differently, and this is very weird for me, and it's very awkward, and your girlfriend wants to talk to me, or your wife, not even girlfriend, <laughs> wife. Uh, they are married, uh, so it's 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 something that I think Cara did the best that she could with the situation, and she even says that you know uh, we're all just we're all just good people stuck in a really crappy situation, and I think that's that's the way to look at it is that nobody nobody wanted to hurt anybody. They you know I I do think that maybe Monel and Emra could have been a little less. Uh, obvious about things in the public sphere uh (laughs) sometimes sometimes i was like well y'all are kind of ridiculous right now um but you know that i guess must you (laughs) i guess for you know several years who knows how long they've actually been married but they've that's probably been the normal way that they interact together so this is nothing new for them but it's new for car and it's new for win and it's new for all of these people um so i i i definitely did feel terrible for car in this episode but i do you know part of me wants to not like emra too because i know how much it hurts Kara. but she seems cool like she seems fun like i like her like i think she she's she had some funny lines that she talked about the you know pe- the 
the things that they did in the present. What's a phone? First, what's a phone? <laughs> uh, she talked about the fact that, oh, it's cute that you eat food with your hands. And I was like, <laughs> how else do you eat? Wait, do wings not exist in the future? Because that's not a future I want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you do, future people? How do you eat? Uh, so, so those were some things that I thought were really fun that she did seem to want. She was in this new time period, so she wanted to discover it and learn as much as she could. And she, she tried to offer her services as a, a, something of a detective to try to help. Like she was trying to be helpful and she was trying to, uh, tr- she, she thought she could make things easier for Cara by trying to talk to her. And so I think she, she really does care about car and I think she does admire car it's just a really weird situation and the one thing I will say that I like so far so far fingers crossed is that they don't seem to be playing it as like a love triangle like they don't seem to, I feel like on a lot of other shows like towards the end when car comes in and she's like really sick they would have like they would have Monel like looking like wistfully over and then they would have the wife looking jealous. And I feel like they kind of avoided that. Uh, again, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know where they're going to go in the, the rest of the season. I don't want to see a love triangle though. I hate them. Everyone hates them. Uh, I think. And I just, Oh, I can't imagine. I don't want to see like a bunch of like people like, one person staring jealously at another person, staring jealously at another person, like just an infinite loop of people <laughs> <laughs> being jealous at another person. It's like that's not that's not going to be fun for me. Yeah, no, I I think I think that you're right. It seemed like they were just all trying to figure this new situation they're in out. Like I don't think anybody. I don't think they're really playing it as a love triangle uh, per se as yet. I, I don't think that that's happening because even when Supergirl was brought into the DEO after her big fight with Rain and everyone was trying to make sure that she was okay, Emma had this moment with Monel where she was like, she's going to be fine. She's going to be okay. Like, I, I think that the, that's one of those signs that Emma's not jealous. She's not concerned about herself. She really does care about Kara and she, she cares about Monel because. Uh, you know, they're married, but also she knows that Monel does care about Kara in uh, a certain capacity. So I, I didn't see any jealousy there. And Kara didn't seem to be jealous. She just was uncomfortable, I think, with all of it, um, which is totally understandable. So I, I'm like you. I hope that they continue to to play it that way and not in a, in a love triangle capacity, because I think that 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 doesn't do a, a good service to any of these characters. No, I agree. And I, and I, I think that I like the way that they played it where it was more about um, Kara's feelings in this episode. Like It was more about Kara being upset and, and being sad and, and having to deal with watching somebody who she cared about um, who has moved on and she's not quite there yet as opposed to watching like, you know, like a love triangle situation, which I feel like we've seen a million times. This felt like it was more centered on Kara and her feelings than like some overdramatic, like who's going to end up with who? Yeah. 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 And I, I wonder what it will take to really make this okay for Kara. I don't know if it will be for Kara to start a new relationship with someone else. I don't know if it will be becoming friends with Emra. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to help. Eventually something will, I, th- I think there almost has to be something that happens to turn the tide with this situation because they can't continually be this awkward around each other. So I'm very curious as to what will change things. 
uh, in the future and, and help Kara deal with this. Because it is weird. It's a little uncomfortable. And speaking of things that made me a little uncomfortable <laughs> uh, in this episode. That's, this is my favorite transition. <laughs> um, was the uh, interactions between, uh, were the interactions between James and Lena. So Morgan, what did, what did you think about how they were uh, building them up and, and what James and Lena were up to in this episode? I just have... So many questions. <laughs> uh, my my first question is, how dare you? Uh, no, but no, it's. I think one of my big questions is. So I've I I like both actors, and I think that both actors have tremendous chemistry with most other people in the cast. I don't uh, feel that they have chemistry with each other, which is weird. Like they're pushing this, like they're like, ooh, like uh, clearly I've been feeling a vibe there. I'm like, really? I'm not. <laughs> like, what vibe? <laughs> There's no vibe. Uh, and I think that that could be uh, a function of just how underdeveloped this is. Like, they went from barely ever speaking to each other to having one nice moment in one episode. And now suddenly we're supposed to be like, oh, you know, that vibe that they have. No, I don't. What <laughs> vibe? What are you talking about? It's like if you want... The, the fun part of these relationships is usually watching that vibe develop and like watching the relationship start and unfold. And I feel like one of the problems with Supergirl is that they just kind of jump right into the relationship. They're like, okay, they had a moment in one episode, so we can just totally like put them together. Right. It's like, well, that's sure you could, but that's not the fun part. And also, it's not going to give the audience enough time to, like, buy into it. I was mostly just so confused in this episode. I was like, so I guess they're going there. But not only are they going there, they are going there hard and immediately. Mm -hmm. They're giving me no time to buy into this at all. And I don't understand why. And it kind of feels like, for me at least, and I've complained about this a lot, is a function of, like how confused they are with what they're going to do with James on this show. Like <laughs> we need to talk about James is like a constant <laughs> problem. Like they throw him at any storyline they think is going to stick and it just hasn't worked yet. Like they just don't know what to do with this character at all. And that's why we got guardian last season. And that's why we've got almost no guardian this season. Cause they were like, that didn't work. And now <laughs> it seems like they're like, what if he got a love interest? And they're like, who's available and not evil. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't, it feels like they're paired together because they desperately need something for James to do and no one liked Guardian. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what it feels like to me. Well, it's funny because the absence of Guardian has made me uh, grow fond of Guardian. Uh, when, <laughs> when <laughs> I mean, it's like that old adage says, you know, the absence makes the heart grow fonder. I have grown fonder of Guardian because when, when he popped up that shield in this week's episode, I was like, hey, that's cool. Guardian's there. I was, yeah, me too. I, th I, th I also think it's like a function of like using Guardian when it makes sense to have yes. Guardian. Like, yes. It's like, oh, yeah, he would pop up his shield like when being directly attacked instead of him and Wynn like prowling the streets for like purse snatchers. 
<laughs> That's a good point. It's funny with me. I could be about James and Lena. Like I think it would be would be fine. I think it would be something that you could you could do and explore. But I am with you in the fact that the exciting part of watching a couple on television is seeing them fall in love, seeing yeah. them develop that relationship. Because with television, you get a chance to expand on that. You get to you get to have that slow build episode by episode by episode. And that's where a lot of the good drama comes in. Like you hear a lot about the like the what's it moonlighting or moonlight or uh, moonlighting. Uh, moonlighting. Yeah. <laughs> it has an ing. Uh, that like moonlighting curse, which is like you never want to put your couple together because then they're boring, which I don't obviously I don't subscribe to. But there is something to be said about like that lead up to people getting together being exciting and fun to watch. And so you don't normally want to do it in one episode. <laughs> I guess I could go with it. I guess I could buy it that they would, like you, you were saying, they, they went hard in this episode. Like they they kissed and they, they were, you know, going for it in this episode. But I, I think that a slower build would have helped me uh, selfishly. Uh, they should have taken more of the time with this relationship just for me just for me. I mean, and for me as well, because I was just like, I feel like if I'm watching a show, I want to be rooting for the couple to get together. And I don't want to be like, huh? Oh, I guess this is happening. Well, the funny thing is at the holiday party, which I thought it was so, this is what I thought was forced and why I I was really, uh, I was thinking to myself when I was watching the holiday party scene, I was like, this is awkward to watch. This is just, it's awkward to watch. It's that moment when Lena's sitting around with Sam and then Kara comes up and they're, they're both like, your chemistry with James off the, char- <laughs> well, off the charts. That's what I was talking about. Like, I don't want to be this person, but like Lena has better chemistry with Kara at this point. Like they have shown us no, uh, like no evidence of that, of that chemistry. And it's also like, it's writing 101 that you show you don't tell. And this episode literally just had a bunch of people telling the audience, like, this is happening. Get on board. <laughs> yeah. this, this chemistry, this is, this is a real this thing. Y'all need to pay undeni- attention. This chemistry is undeniable. Literally, you can't deny it. It's happening. Just get on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, that would, that would, I thought that was really awkward and forced. And I thought it was weird that Kara came up and was like, yeah, that chemistry you have with James after I pined for him for a whole season. Oh my God. It's, I, I, feel it's like, I feel like, I feel like them dropping the car and James thing so suddenly with no explanation in season two is always just going to be one of those things that like haunts this show <laughs> <laughs> because it's oh it's just it it is it's so weird it's like she pined for him for a whole year remember that no no one does <laughs> <laughs> but that chemistry with James and Lena you need to be thinking about that it is on fire <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's like the. I think that was the thing where they were like, it was literally like Lena looks over at James, James looks over at Lena. Neither of them have any expression on their face, and then Kara pops up and she was like, "Girl, the you could cut the tension with a knife." And I'm like, 
What tension? She might have been looking at the cheese plate for all she had a reaction. <laughs> I think she would have been looking at the cheese plate more lovingly. It was just such a strange, like, I love both of these actors, and they're both very charismatic actors who have tons of chemistry, seemingly with everyone but each other at this point. And I think it's because they're kind of been hung out to dry by the writing a little bit, where it's just like, and you're into each other. It's like there's no lead up to it. Yeah, I will say, even though I wasn't really buying the romance just yet in this episode, I really liked the scenes with Lena and James going to see Morgan Edge. Oh, my God. I love So I did. So those are the the scenes where I was like, give me a couple of these scenes. Give me a little bit of them bonding. And maybe I'm there. Yes. Because just them like kind of doing that like sassy like, oh, no like that's not what's happening and like tag teaming and kind of like you're disgusting yes he's disgusting and then they like high five and like walk out like that that is uh that is something i would watch but like (laughs) the rest of it did not work for me but those scenes where they went to confront him together and they were just like this united front of just like just this wall of beautiful people it was uh, (laughs) i was into it (laughs) yeah i liked that scene and the scene when they um go out investigating and the the scene where James ends up using the guardian shield. I thought that that was great. I think my favorite part of that guardian shield scene was that afterwards, Lena looks like she does not care at all that she was literally almost just murdered. And she was like, Oh yeah, my quarterly assassination attempt. Oh my God. It made me laugh so hard because it's like, I love, I love those little moments when the show, like the, uh, the the four Roz people where the show can kind of wink at itself. (laughs) Lena has like Lena has been almost assassinated like 10 times this season alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, she played that pretty cool. So I, I I do agree with you that if they played up more of those kinds of moments and then got to the romance, then I probably would have bought it a little more. But them uh, just kissing out of nowhere with the... Uh, I mean, I guess they were trying to build to it throughout the episode, but with the, hey, y'all have a lot of chemistry. You should kiss under <laughs> the mistletoe. Um I, I guess they they thought that they earned it, but I guess for me, I, I, I didn't think that they did. Yeah, I was like, is it because they were nice to each other at the end of that one episode? Is that what I'm like, was that the development that I feel like I missed? Because it was, I, I felt like all the other characters had seen half of season of a show I hadn't watched yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to see what happens with... James and Lena as the story progresses. Um, I, like I said, I can be on board. I can go with it. I can uh, follow it uh, wherever it goes. It just, as of this week's episode, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. But there was a moment in that scene where they poured the drinks and then they kiss. Uh, I, I don't know. This is just, a, uh, this probably was just me watching it. Um, but there was a moment where the camera like pan... I don't know if it was from the desk or to the desk with the James in the frame. And I just thought it was very suggestive about James in the desk. And it made me laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh. So I was fr- well, well, you know what? That's where they might have been going underneath later. Okay. So. All right. Let's not, let's not get into some <laughs> scandalous speculation here. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? If like he was like, I think we should go back to my place, and then he walks over and disappears underneath the desk. <laughs> I feel like that romance would then could then completely be over in one episode. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I'm gonna go. My phone just rang, <laughs> and she like runs out. Or the flip side of it, she could be totally into it. And yeah, then, and then the rest of the episodes of season three is just Lena and James hanging out underneath the desk. Just, just watching hanging out. TV. Just, hanging just, out. just, you know, just chilling, cuddling. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that there was, you know, a James in the desk shot. I thought maybe that was purposeful. Uh, but who knows? Could have just been. Shout me. out. <laughs> Could have just been me. I mean, that's, if, if that's not the real, like, true love of this show, <laughs> it's James and his desk. <laughs> and it's not even his desk anymore. That's <laughs> it, it's been taken over. <laughs> it's, well, technically, it's Lena's desk now. That's, that's true. Maybe he's just trying to get back to that desk. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that's this what is, maybe this is the love triangle, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the best all-time love triangle if that was the case. I would be in support of this. Uh, let's let's see how that plays out. Um, I actually, in my head, I just want to pretend that that's the way things are going. And <laughs> we'll see if it plays out. Um, okay, so um, I guess we'll uh, talk about some overall thoughts. So, uh, Morgan, what, what did you think about this episode as a whole? I liked it a lot. I thought the rain stuff was really good. And uh, and I think it cues up the back half of the season really well. I'm, like, really excited to come back from the break and see what's going to happen. Uh, I think that they played that uh, the Samantha and Ruby, that storyline over the, the, the first half of the season really well where like you care about them because I can I can sometimes be that jerk that's like when a new character is introduced and there's a lot of like emphasis on the new character I'm I could be the person who's like I don't like them like let's go back to the old characters but I think that I like that the way that they kind of like integrated her into the cast and like made you care about what was going on with her and Ruby um, and I think that that it's going to play really well in the back half of the season. And I really loved the the fight between her and Supergirl. I thought that that was there was some big stakes in that. Um, the Monel stuff was like a little bit like what, uh, but you know, again, it's because I'm I tend to be mon uh, I tend to skew mon negative. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of think like you know, Kara this is a blessing in disguise. And like once you, get, <laughs> once you get past this little bump in the road, you're going to see that like this worked out for you. <laughs> this was for the best. <laughs> this is for the best. But, uh, but I, I did, I liked how it, it focused on her, like her emotions versus the, like the drama of the situation. And also Morgan edge was in this episode. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Morgan's got to stick together. I also <laughs> want a lead line panic room and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to install one in my place. It was pretty smart of him. I, I can't lie. Lead yeah, line. Yeah. He was he was thinking thinking things through thinking ahead. He was a couple steps uh, a couple steps ahead as always. I also like that he like just straight up told Lena about how he almost killed her the last time. He was just like, <laughs> "Whoops, sorry about that. I hope you're not still mad." I was like, "You know what, Morgan, you're a creep, but also respect." <laughs> <laughs> well, they they both weren't playing around with the fact that they both tried to kill each other. Um, when she comes in and he's like, I didn't recognize you without your, uh, your 38. 
So <laughs> they they've they've both tried to uh, like, physically listen, harm each physically. Harm everyone's each made a couple murder mistakes in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I do enjoy their their banter because they both really hate each other, and it does make for some good comedy. I was laughing about Morgan Edge because I I couldn't decide what was going on up top. On his oh, head. with the hair. What was going on? Had he had like a really hard night and day and night? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if like he was prepping for the Christmas party by throwing his own Christmas party ahead of time. <laughs> like what was happening? I feel like he decided as the boss that he should try every different kind of alcohol <laughs> they were going to serve. I was just really confused by his, his hair reminded me. Okay, this is one of my all time favorite 30 Rock episodes. Uh, Greenzo, there's an ep- there's an episode Greenzo. called Greenzo, and Kenneth Parcell, Kenneth the Page, throws this crazy party at his house, and everything is just nuts. Everyone goes crazy, and then the next day, Jack Donaghy's hair is just like all the way up, and that's <laughs> the way Morgan Edge reminded me of Jack Donaghy after Kenneth the Page's party. That's what I thought about. So uh, <laughs> if, if you want to put that image in your brain, that's how I pictured Morgan Edge in this episode because his hair was hilarious. Uh, so I just imagined he was, he was maybe partying a little too hard uh, and his hair got crazy, uh, but I didn't notice it. Um, I really liked this episode. I thought it was a great way to end the first half of the season, way to go out before the, the uh, what do they call them now, the winter breaks? Yeah, I think winter, winter break. I thought the uh, the fights were big and, and and impactful. Like it was a you know big moment that Supergirl and Rain were fighting, and I thought that that was something that it should have been. It shouldn't have been a small little scuffle. It should have been this huge fight that went on all these places. So I was glad to see that they took that seriously, and I liked all of the emotional stuff that Carl was having to deal with, and I did like the Samantha Ruby stuff because it does it sort of pulls at you because. You want them to be happy, or at least I do. I want them to be happy, but I know that there's something that might come between them that that, that might not be the case. It might not be possible, and it's really it's it's really hard to to sit there and watch because I don't know what's going to happen with them. So I really liked all of that, and I I did like all of the um, sort of Christian allegorical references um, with God and the devil. I uh, like I said, I I enjoy all of that kind of stuff because it's a little. It's a little smarter for Supergirl. You know, they, they've raised the bar on some of the the writing, I think, this season. And uh, I really uh, have enjoyed that. I've really um, liked seeing how, as you mentioned, the stakes have been raised. And I think that sometimes with these CW shows, you know, people die and come back all the time. And they have 52, well, now I guess 53 Earths with Earth X. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard for me to imagine the stakes in a, in a world like that where you can die and come back and and have all of these different counterparts who look just like you, who might be a little different, but they look just like you. There's a whole bunch of, there's 52 of you uh, existing. And uh, so sometimes stakes don't seem like they exist. <laughs> so it's nice to see that our hero can get badly beaten up and maybe die. It's nice to see that... Um, things can happen to pull people apart just because it makes for a good story. It makes for uh, a good story. It makes me guess. It makes me question and worry and be concerned for these characters. And so I think as a, as a viewer, I, I really uh, appreciate that a lot. 
All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our discussion. But uh, Morgan, let's find out what our listeners had to say about rain. Okay. So we got a tweet from at Bman923. Said, I love the episode. Rain was scary. And the fight scene between her and Kara reminded me of when Superman fought Doomsday in the street in the comics and cartoon. I think Kara is going to need a lot of help in this fight. Odette is a fantastic choice for rain. I also got a lot of those Doomsday kind of connections did you feel that way yeah they, especially from the comics because in the comics they really they really rough up the streets of metropolis and and things get really really destroyed at least with uh like in batman v superman it's sort of contained to a, a small section uh although they do have that whole heroes park thing with the monument that gets destroyed but yeah a lot of destruction usually in those fights so i think they did a good job of that in uh, the the way that they choreographed that on Supergirl. Um, at Truffle Munchies said, Rain's rise was the only silver lining of this episode. Instead of repairing the ship they were stuck in, Emra and Monel goofing around and overcompensating to appease Kara made me very, very upset. Oh, and James and Lena, excuse me while I put this wine away and cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Enrique V. B., uh, B. Jr. said, That fight between Kara and Samantha was shot very well. Rain's brutality throughout would make Oliver Queen jealous. Wish Rain gave Kara a disability because she's still recovering from the events of Crisis on Earth X. I don't know exactly what that means. Give her a disability. I don't know either. Maybe, I don't know. Like maybe, her, I mean, she was hurt pretty bad. Oh, maybe, maybe if like she went to the hospital, at least she would recover a little bit and take a break. Uh, possibly because she she definitely could use a break she did that crossover event was pretty trying on Kara she was strapped to a table and villains threatened to cut her heart out it was it was difficult yeah it wasn't it wasn't a fun time for her in the crossover (laughs) she was like hey let's go to Barry and Iris's wedding that'll be a good time it was it was rough it was not. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little more uh, involved than just going and singing a song in a church. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would also echo the, how well this episode was shot. I, I was very impressed with the uh, Glenn Winter directed this episode, and uh, some of his shots were very cinematic. And he's a he's a pro though. He's directed like literally everything, right? <laughs> he yeah he's he's done a whole bunch of these superhero shows, uh, so he knows what he's doing in terms of. Uh, trying to get the the right angle for fights and the way uh, fights should be edited. Like the is some of the quick cuts during the stuff with Rain going after that gang. Uh, it was very Batman Batman Begins ish. Uh, so uh, a lot of that was very effective in the the way he shot Rain trying to make her look scary. I, I thought was very great. Uh, I thought, thought it was wonderful. Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, Rain started as vigilante that kills people, so she's basically Oliver Queen, right? This episode was weird. I don't know if I liked. Uh, Rain is really great, and I love Sam, but the rest was just not good. James and Lena, Monel and his wife, all just um, emoji throwing up. Uh, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, in this Google document that I'm reading off of, is huge. It's the biggest uh, emoji throwing up I've ever seen, and it is disturbing. When, when you copy and paste from Twitter, it just makes them big. Also, that emoji apparently has the title "face vomiting." Ah, well, that's I'm. It's it's an accurate title. <laughs> it's what it is doing. Uh, uh, and then the tweet ends. Hope Kara is okay. Um, 
at Kaya underscore Matsui said, wait, if Monal and Saturn Girl are from the future, wouldn't they already know about Rain? That made no sense to me because Eobard Thawn said many times that the heroes were in the history books back in Earth 1. Shouldn't they also be in the books in Earth 38? Weird. I think they do know about Rain. But I really, it's, but but it's hard to it's hard to tell what they know. I I kind of got the impression that they were so far in the future that it would be like, I don't know, that maybe they didn't know about it because it's like, uh, how what year are they from? They're from the thirty first century. Yeah, that's a while. That's a while in that, the future. Yes, that they are they are significantly in the future. I I don't know. I just got this vibe, like especially in this episode when. Kara uh, slash Supergirl is on on the table. They're trying to resuscitate her back to life, I guess. And and Imra says she's gonna be okay. And I sort of took that as, does she know she's gonna be okay? That's a point, though. Yeah, I mean, something as big as like Supergirl dying, I think would be in the history. Yeah, like even even like you know way in the future you would still know about that so i could definitely i hadn't thought about it when i was watching the episode but i could definitely i think read that scene like not not in a mean way but like you know she's going to be okay because this is like you know not when she dies right right um so at madtown davidson said in a vacuum i would have preferred a more cheerful goofy holiday episode but i understand that they've got to set up the season's big bad uh the end fight was really impressive on a tv budget i thought mostly i'm just worried about ruby if anything happens to ruby i quit also can we please start a pool on how long it will take the writers to completely drop the james lena thing like a hot potato i say three episodes by episode uh 12 james will be dating a yoga instructor who is secretly an alien assassin sent by shadowy forces to kill guardian i mean i would watch that episode where is that episode (laughs) why is that not an episode um i think we're pitching this right now we're pitching this i think that would be awesome to watch let's make that happen let's do it okay um at uh Bin Hill Dang said, holy cow, what an ending. I felt every punch that rained through at Supergirl. Where was Superman? I don't know. I don't you know, know. He's, he's really busy. He's got stuff. He's got stuff and things. He, he doesn't show up when when <laughs> when things are, are rough sometimes. He just, I, I guess he's got other things going on. I think it would have been funny if he kind of showed up and like something fell on him and we just saw his boots for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, Season one memories. Um, <laughs> our final tweet is from uh, at Chris Fundalinski. She said, that was an epic fight between Supergirl and Rain. Am I the only one that gets amused by how they try to make rubble around car on the street look like a crater when it's really not? Well, I think they did a pretty good job of trying to make it look like it really happened. Oh, also, I missed two of her emojis, even though they are the biggest emojis <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, one is a giant heart and one is a thumbs up. So she liked that fight. <laughs> a giant thumbs up. It's a real big thumbs up. I don't know. Google Google Docs all of a sudden wanted to make that really big. I guess they've done some updates to their interface. Uh, but yeah, no, I think they uh, they did a good job of trying to make make it look like the impact of Supergirl and Rain was heavy and hard hitting and uh, so I guess I, d- I didn't get amused by it. I guess I was more more so impressed by the, the way they tried to make it look like a real fight location. Um, 
but I the whole time I will say the whole time that they they were fighting, I was like, why are these people not running away? Like, yeah, go away, go. get away from them. Why are you go. standing and watching this happen? I was very concerned for the people, the public. Even Supergirl had to be like, no, stay away from this. <laughs> like, why was that little girl trying to jump in the action like she was going to help? These people are crazy. You would think by this point uh, in living in a city with Supergirl that they would see one of these things happen and immediately be like, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you would think they would have learned what this to do This only happens to them on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I guess sometimes you, you just want to, it's like a, a, a traffic accident. Yeah, you, you just, just got yeah, a lot of, a lot of rubbernecking. Down. Slow down and watch it. Uh, but yeah, I, I would be running. I would be like, I will see y'all later. Got to get out of here. But, but uh, to, to be fair, where would they go? Because even if they went somewhere, they, they could have taken that fight to another location. Yeah. You don't know where they're going to go. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm, I think I'm overthinking this, but the, the people of National City maybe need to have a, a plan in place, I think, is what I'm saying. I think they all need a lead-lined <laughs> Yes. Yes. They all need a lead-lined panic room in every building. That's what should happen. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's going to take care of our tweets, but we have an email from Susan who writes, quote, after watching this week, my overall reaction is kudos to the producers, cast, and crew for an excellent first, not quite half of the season and a great fall finale. Even though I am not steeped in the comic mythology and never got particularly excited about the concept of rain, I thought this episode was well done and sets up a very interesting rest of the season. At the same time, I am a little sad for what might have been. It seems as if Sam's evolution into Rain suddenly jumped five steps forward this week. Because I do not watch any of the other CW shows, the crossover does nothing for me. It is a standalone episode where I have no idea what is going on with most of the characters. And I can't help but think if it weren't for that stunt and all of the scheduling challenges necessary to make it happen, there would have been at least two more episodes that would have been available for showing more of the slow transformation from Sam to Rain. Instead, we were fed a few repetitive scenes with annoying Ruby finding Sam spacing out and suddenly Rain shows up and defeats Supergirl. As a viewer, I'm I'm still not sure exactly how that happened or why. But very much looking forward to the rest to how the rest of the characters discover and respond when uh, there starts to be signs pointing to Sam being Rain. To the ultimate defeat of Rain, which I assume will shortly be followed by Monel flying off, hopefully never to be seen again. <laughs> wow, that's harsh. That's harsh, Susan. Rough. Uh, and to the producers, continuing to recognize and respect that heart of the show is uh, that the heart of the show is the Alex Cara sister relationship, which cut, which got lost last season. Unquote. Well, uh, thank you for writing in, Susan. I think that is very possible that the crossover. It might have put some kinks into the storytelling this season. I don't know, uh, but it it is it is possible that maybe they did have to make things a little quicker. Maybe had to get to there a little faster. Um, I, I don't know, but I do agree that it is a little fast. They did yeah. they did have to go a couple of extra steps. Yeah, I do agree that it feels like they could have paced the the Sam stuff out a couple more, you know, a couple more episodes or something. I I blame honestly, I blame the crossover for why we never found out Jean's shocking secret. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to blame all of this on Oliver, Oliver and Felicity. They are the reason they are the reason. Accurate. 
What if what if Jean was about to tell his shocking secret and up pops Oliver and Felicity <laughs> and like they just like start they just steal all the thunder again. They just tell they did they oxygen they, out of that room. <laughs> they, they tell all of their secrets instead. They tell all of, yes, exactly. And he's like, but I still have this secret. And every no one cares anymore because they're just tired of hearing secrets. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happened. And that's why we will never know what his secret is. Uh, so we're just gonna I, I, I personally I'm going to blame them uh, for things being uh, sped up but I will say that I think it's an interesting choice uh, having looked back on it because now for the rest of the season I'm wondering what they're gonna do with Rain are they yeah. going to continue to have her go in and out of Sam being Rain or is she just gonna be Rain and that's just the way they're going to play it out for the rest of the season. I'm curious. Like, I, at least it has my attention. I'm curious to see what they're going to do because they could have just played it to where her development over the course of the season got her to be Rain, which would have been the thing that I would have thought that they were going to do. So maybe they have a twist in there uh, that's going to surprise us. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to see where they go with that storyline. Um, so we have an email from the 108, uh, the 108th Sage who writes, uh, just dropping in a bit of info on the original Crisis on Earth X. Back in Justice League of America's number 107 to 108, uh, this crossover introduced some of the characters that DC had acquired from quality comics, like Uncle Sam, literally the living embodiment of the American spirit slash dream, the human bomb. He had to wear a hazmat suit because his touch was explosive. The Ray, whose descendant went on to some prominence in the 90s. Uh, Phantom Lady, Sandra Knight, who was uh, retconned into the cousin of Starman, Ted Knight, by the master of the retcon, Roy Thomas, in his seminal work, The All-Star Squadron. And Dollman, the original diminutive hero. <laughs> they were the resistance on Earth-X, the world where the Nazis had won, which is where they got the team name they were known as thereafter, the Freedom Fighters. An interesting tidbit is that originally that Earth was to be called Earth Swastika Symbol. Oh. But then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a terrible idea. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. But then editor... Julius Schwartz put his foot down while I'm editor. There will be no such thing. This was a smart person. <laughs> Good call. Uh, <laughs> they flipped the symbol on its rear and chopped off its armed arms, leaving us with an X. Hope this was informative and not too geeky. And I hope y'all enjoyed the crossover. I, I certainly did not know any of that. So I, <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that information. I, I actually want to go back and read these issues and see more about this this Earth and, and, and this storyline because I didn't know much about it until the crossover was announced. So you know, that was really interesting. Yes, very, very cool. So if you are into learning any more about the Freedom Fighters and some of this world of, of Earth-X, it looks like Justice League of America number 107 and 108 is uh, where we should start. So thank you for that information. And it's not too geeky. I don't think anything would be too geek, geeky for us. We... We talk about uh, stars are and robot hands. We're, we're in it deep on this. We podcast. have a pretty high bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so any anything geeky you want to share, pass it on. 
Well, and before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgment questions. Yay! <laughs> by a listener named Gina. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So, Morgan, these these are like... Ooh. The, the I don't want to hype them up, but they're some of the most difficult snap judgments I think we've ever ever gotten. These are some tough ones. Be prepared. Get yourself ready. Uh, the first one, Supergirl versus Rain or Supergirl versus Overgirl? Hmm. I'm going to go Supergirl versus Overgirl. <sighs> I think I'm going to go Supergirl versus Rain. Nice. That was tough. Uh, that is tough. This is this is also <laughs> a tough <laughs> slash hilarious one. Uh, so Overgirl slash Dark Arrow. So Overgirl and Dark Arrow or Lena and James. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Overgirl and Dark Arrow because I feel like I already kind of out at myself on Twitter as being <laughs> weirdly into it. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Overgirl and Dark Arrow too. And I, and I also feel I'm comfortable. You can judge me. You can judge me. I don't get it either. <laughs> the well, heart wants what it wants. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we will both be judged. But we don't need to explain ourselves. This is a snap judgment. You just, say what you, you, just say, you just say what you feel. No need to explain. Um, the next one is a holiday dinner with John and Mirren or one with Cara, Alex, and Eliza. Oh, God. You know what? I'm going to go John and Mirren. Because of all that brown water. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to go Danvers. I'm going to go Cara, Alex, and Eliza on this one. Solid choice. And our final one, which this is the most important question. Okay. That we we could be asked on Supergirl Radio. And I'm going to wait until that plane flies (laughs) over my house. (laughs) Because this is the most important question. It is. This is this is this is gonna this answer is gonna reveal some stuff. This is going to solve everyone's problems yes. in the history of time. <laughs> Morgan. Yes. Eggnog or hot chocolate with marshmallows? Hot chocolate with marshmallows. <sighs> I'm gonna go eggnog. No judgments on your snap judgments. We are on different sides of a divide now. <laughs> we have made choices. And we're going to have to stick, out my enemy. stick to those choices. Okay. Well, thank you, Gina, for sending in those snap judgments. Those always, are good. Always a lot of fun. Great snap judgment questions. Um, but I think that's going to do it for all of our thoughts and all of our feedback on the episode Rain. If you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can find us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We have a playlist on Spotify, so we're definitely going to have to put that Hollow Notes uh, Christmas song that Jean just had to keep playing for them at that holiday party and nobody oh, was having was it. so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so we're definitely going to put that on so you can listen to it as much as you want. Uh, we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc 
dash fans. And we are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Big thanks to a user named Ant Taurus who left us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for that review. Uh, there's there's mention in the review of uh, wanting a Brian the Alien spinoff podcast. Uh, we'll give it some consideration. <laughs> I also want to say that this is one of my favorite reviews just because the title of it is Snap, Snap, Snap. <laughs> <laughs> so hitting all of our buttons with this review, really. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, just so. shameless pandering, and we love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for that. And if you need any of these links that I've mentioned or you need uh, help finding any of these things that we have mentioned and how to find us, you can always go to the right side of the page over at supergirlradio.com, and you can find those links there. Uh, super. Girl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Titan shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcast on iTunes and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. Well darn. I know. <laughs> it's I know. it's just it's just flowing naturally now. I took I took I, I took the crossover off just to practice that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was worth it. Nailed it. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D E R B Y K I D. I'm still taking. I'm still on hiatus because I kind of like life without Twitter. It's a. It's good. It's a. It's a. It's a good life. Uh, but if you did have any questions for me, you can still at me, and I will respond because I. Uh, try to be a, a kind and thoughtful person. So if you, I'm not going to ignore you. Uh, so you can contact me on Twitter at DerbyKid if that is what you would like to do. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at the TheDerbyKid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Uh, I try to take some pictures there. Just went to, uh, took a trip to New York City. So if you want to see my trip pictures, uh, I took a bunch. So you can see them there. Uh, you can also see some videos of mine that I've shot and edited over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D-P-R-O-D. Make sure I got all that out. Uh, I'm also a contributor uh, to JLU Podcast. Uh, we discuss all of the DCEU movies, uh, the DC films, if you want to call them that, because there is no official name, but I'm going to go with DCEU for now. Uh, but we are analyzing Wonder Woman and Justice League. So if you want to go check that out, you can find us at jluniverse.podomatic.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, I'm also on Instagram as the same thing. If you want to know how long my brunches are, <laughs> too long sometimes, uh, <laughs> too long last weekend. And um you can also find me as a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, we have been um, sort of mystery dropping our episodes this season uh, because one of our co- one of my co-hosts is in a show in San Diego. Which, if you are in the San Diego area and want to see Into the Woods, you should definitely go see that. Um, but I think we're gonna re- we're planning on recording early next week or sometime this weekend uh, to get an episode out about the uh, kind of a combo, a little talking a little bit about the crossover and then mostly about the finale that, uh, that aired um, the winter finale. So you should check that out. 
whether whether you watch Legends of Tomorrow or not, we don't we we don't discriminate. You can just <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> and and maybe I would I would guess you guys would be talking about Alex Danvers and and Sarah Lance. Yeah, we might. There might be a little bit of that. There might be a whole lot of that. <laughs> might might be some Supergirl talk on Legends of Tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, podcast, exactly. Because so. I because I loved that whole uh, that whole part of the crossover. That was like perfect. So even if you don't watch the show, but you know about that, yeah, you could still listen. You can just jump right in. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for uh, uh, this entire episode on Rain. But if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we don't we don't have an uh, official description of the episode that, uh, that's happening in January, but we do have a trailer, so we'll probably talk about that. So you can hang out with us in the, the spoiler section for that. Uh, we'll be doing that right after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And if you hear rocking around the Christmas tree playing at your office holiday party, you might want to know where the exits are. <laughs> just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Legion of Superheroes. Uh, we don't have an official episode description for this episode yet, uh, but we do have a trailer for it. So Morgan, what are your thoughts on, on seeing what's coming up for Supergirl when uh, she comes back in January? I think the trailer is, uh, was pretty exciting. I think I, it's, it looks a little bit like uh, maybe Kara might be a little bit uh, MIA for a little bit of the episode while she's uh, recovering, and we see Rain in the uh, in the Catco building, which seems bad for their insurance premiums. I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> I don't know who, who is insuring that building, but <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be sky high. Well, they've 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 got to fix the roof. Yeah, I mean, they. What if she just came in from that hole in the roof? What if she was like, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to be judgmental. Uh, but you haven't fixed that yet, so yeah, I'm just you haven't come fixed on it. In. You haven't fixed that elevator situation. <laughs> you also had a fire set to the the roof uh, with an S shield symbol <laughs> on top of it. You have some issues, Catco. Your building was falling apart last season with the the Daxmites invading, and you just got it recovered, and now you have a bunch of holes and fires. Come on, I just like want like one of the like the next episodes to be like Lena taking Car aside and being like, ah. I'm, we're just gonna have to garnish your wages until Supergirl stops destroying this building and like winks at her. <laughs> <laughs> what if the twist of Rain being in Catco is that she doesn't destroy anything? What if what if she comes in and she just uses the door? 
What if she comes in and she's got like a, a toolbox under her arm and she was like, I was just repaving the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, so helpful. So nice, Rain, for you to twist. Fix. Yeah, that would be a twist. Uh, I was excited to see the the Legion. I don't know a ton about the Legion, but I saw the rings and I was like, ooh, I don't know. Like what that's going to be about. There were three hands, I think, in there. So, yeah. So do you, I wonder if another person is going to wake up. We just know about Monel and Emra. Yeah, that's true, but there are more people in their little ship, right? Yeah, some people are still cooking in there. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, that that all looks really really pretty good. I'm I'm very excited to see if we get another legion member, if we get another uh legionnaire, who will that be? Because uh, I'm 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 personally uh, hoping for I think it's I think it's Bouncing Boy is that is that the character's name? What is uh is that a real? I think it's a that's, that's a real. On. Let me let me make sure person? I've got his name right. Please let it let you be correct there. <laughs> yeah, it is Bouncing Boy. Bouncing Boy oh my is a God. member of the Legion of Superheroes. He turns into a ball. Um, I wow. really <laughs> oh wow I looked him up. Oh my God I love him. <laughs> I mean, Brainiac Five would be nice. Uh, you, Lightning you Lad would be nice. It was like, like we, it, it like they're facing off against Rain. It's like we've got Supergirl, we've got we've got Monel, we've got Bouncing Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying he's a really underrated member of the Legion of Superheroes, and he I would like really to see beautiful. him get his due. <laughs> and I think we could use a little a little bit of that. We could use a little bit of laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, uh, that's that's who I'm crossing my fingers for. Um, but uh, ho- hopefully we'll get some more information on who is in the ship, who uh, is still there. Because there were, there were several of them. I think there were yeah. uh, at least five or six to my recollection. So there, there could be a whole bunch of people in there. So we'll have to see if they if they unleash all of them in the next episode, or if they just kind of tease them out over the course of the season. Uh, but yeah, looks awesome. I'm excited about the Legion. I'm excited about uh, Rain fixing Catco, <laughs> uh, and I'm curious about what's going to happen with Kara um, because she says something in the trailer about I need to wake up. And I thought that that was really cool because the the idea of waking up seems to be something that is uh, a continual thread that has gone on throughout this season. You know, we got Monel t- telling uh, Kara to wake up, and we we've, we've had um, the the Legionnaires waking up from the ship. We've had Sam not being able to sleep. And so there's there's just this kind of this idea of sleep and dreams going on. And so I don't know. I think that's really cool that they've taken it that far, that they've interwoven this idea of wake up into all of these different aspects of the season. So I'm excited to see where they take it next time around. And the next episode does uh, come back, does air on January 15th in a new year. It will be 2018 when that happens. So uh, I guess we don't get another episode of Supergirl until next year. Oh, so <laughs> that sounds like a long time to wait. It does. But as it's just. But it's not actually that long. <laughs> it's a little over a month as, as we record this. So it seems like a long time, but it'll go by pretty quickly, I think. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens when it comes back in the new year. 
Uh, well, I guess that's going to do it for our spoiler section. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back uh, next year with a, next, uh, new, a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.